Hello, ako si G. Heronimo at welcome sa The Green Report, Rappler's podcast on the environment and the stories of people whose decisions impact the world around us. Excited ako makausap itong guest natin for today. I've been working with him closely since 2018 when I became uh, Rappler's environment editor. Hindi ko pa siya nami-meet actually in real life, in person, pero marami na kaming pinagdaanan as editor and reporter. And it's always a pleasure working with him. Welcome to the pod, Kid Fabro. Kumusta? Hello, G. At um, hello din sa mga listeners natin. Um, okay lang ako at andito uh, ko ngayon based sa Palawan. Mm-hmm. Si Keith, uh, si Keith, baka na familiar kayo sa byline niya sa Rappler. Yung buong pama- byline niya ay Keith Anthony Fabro. Um, he's been writing environment stories for Rappler since, I- I'm, I'm sure hindi 2018. 2016, since 2016 mm-hmm. yan. So familiar na kayo sa byline niya if you are one of our readers ng mga environment stories namin. And yun nga, based siya sa Palawan. And Specifically, his stories, uh, other than sto- environment stories in Palawan, he's been working on environment stories then mm-hmm. um, regarding the West Philippine Sea, for instance. Or ano pa yung mga ibang stories mo on the environment, Keith? Um, fisheries, deforestation, um, endangered species. Illegal, illegal logging. Illegal, illegal logging, poaching, at mga ano-ano pa. <laughs> Lahat na ata ng oh. environmental oh. issues na isulat na ni Keith. And um, today, makakwentuhan natin siya about his work as an environmental reporter. Uh, I'm very excited to know his thoughts about um, this very uh, interesting beat. Very interesting talaga yung term. Very challenging but also very interesting beat uh, on environment reporting. Pero ang gusto kong unang itanong, Paano ka ba nag-start into... How did you get into environmental reporting? Okay. So, balikan natin yung 2006. Um, incoming high school fresh year ako noon when the Southern Leyte landslide happened. So, that time, widespread yung logging saka yung mining doon sa area nila. At that incident claimed over 1,000 people. Na, ang, daming bu- ang daming tao na namatay, including yung Um, over 200 elementary students were holding classes on that fateful day. Uh, yung event na yun served as an eye-opener for me that um, we need to keep our forests and our, and our environment in general in excellent condition. So, tayo as communities can be spared from those catastrophes. Tapos, when I joined our high school publication, um, that inspired me to write an opinion piece about environmental conservation. And it was also the time that the No to Mining campaign in Palawan, backed by the late Gina Lopez, was making headlines nationally. So, dun sa piece ko na yun, I concluded that um, what had happened in Ginsaogon Leyte could also happen in Palawan, especially in the southern part where I live. Sabi ko nga sa'yo, di ba, at the back of our house is a mineral-rich key biodiversity area. And um, my portions doon allocated sa mining at from the National Highway, you can see the massive um, destruction. So yung mga journalists na nagka-cover that time, yung mga activists, farmers, fishers, sa indigenous peoples impacted by the mining operations, um, they're the ones who have inspired me up to this day to pursue environmental journalism. At yun na nga, yun. Sabi ko ba? Even, <laughs> even before, even before itong 
incident na to, were you always interested in the environment? Did mm. you always uh, have you always been following environment news? Oh, kasi dito sa amin sa Palawan, pag taga Palawan ka parang meron kaming siguro culture of environmentalism na parang embedded din doon sa ano, sa culture namin as a as a community. So um na-adapt ko yung ganong ano klasing um yung ganong lifestyle. So nadala ko siya hanggang sa yun, mahilig ako sa outdoors, ganyan. So yun, sabi ko gusto ko mag-environmental journalist to report on these issues, ganyan. Pero paano ka nag-start into it? Like I know, yun nga, sabi mo 2016 ka nag-start. Uh, how did you start contributing to rapper for instance? Kasi Ayun. 2018 lang kita nakatrabaho, di ba? So, hindi ako sure when exactly did you start contributing to rapper? So, sabi ko nga, di ba, I'm a fan of Move PH and Newsbreak and then nag-merge sila sa rapper. Um, I wanted to do my internship at Rappler that time. Pero if, if I'm going to wait for the next cycle, sabi ko, di ako makakaabot sa graduation. So I did that instead sa PCIJ. So after graduation no 2015, I sent my job application through email kay Miss Gigi, yung former news editor natin na ngayon ay newsbreak editor. So nag-reply siya, pero after a year, ayun, so eventually sabi niya, sorry, kasi natabunan yung email mo. Then, eventually, inaccept niya rin ako as a contributor. So, my first Rappler article was published in November 2016. And um, it's about the critical habitat declaration of Cleopatra's Needle in Puerto Princesa City. And um, it's all for the largest critical habitat in the Philippines. Nasa 41,350 hectares. So, imagine mo yung Quezon City. Um, more than thrice nun yung laki ng Cleopatra's needle. So, yun yung first story ko for Rappler. And then, yun, nagsunod-sunod na. Ang dami ko nang ginawa, like yung mga Vietnamese poachers na nahuli sa Palawan, mga na-stranded na balena, na-rescue ng mga wildlife sa mga traffickers. So, doon ako nagsimula as an environmental journalist for Rappler. <laughs> And ano, talagang, ang dami nang ang dami nang pinagdaanan talaga ni Keith sa Rappler as an environment journalist. We'll get to that later on. Pero for now, siguro, isa sa mga curious akong itanong is, ano yung favorite part of your of the job? Ano yung favorite mong part of the job? You've been working on environment stories for six years? Tama ba ang aking math? Oo, oh, oh, tama. Six mm. years. Anong favorite mo when you, you're starting a story? Ano yung favorite part mm. of the job? Ano, siguro yung being able to travel, to immerse in nature. Kasi sabi ko kanina, I'm an outdoor-loving person. So, um, gusto ko talaga itong ano, work na to. And then, um, enjoyable din for me, enjoyable din for me, yung um, first hand mo na nakakausap. I mean, nag-immerse ka doon sa community, first hand mo na nakakwentuhan yung local communities, nakikita mo ano ba yung gagawa nila ng government, ng academe, NGOs, private sector natin to really keep Palawan as the last ecological frontier of the Philippines. So, sabi ko, yun yung ano, pinaka-masayang part sa trabaho na ito. Ayun. And then, sa mga reporting trips na yun, inspiring for me yung mga local community leaders for leading mm-hmm. um, grassroots environmental conservation campaigns in the respective communities. At ginagawa nila yun even if they're getting... Uh, hindi sila kum- kumbaga wala silang natatanggap na big monetary incentives to do that. Minsan, meron, minsan wala pa nga talaga. And um, 
inspiring siya kasi most of these leaders are women and as mothers they're always telling me na ginagawa namin to not for for us but for the future of their for, for the future of their children ayun may nakilala ko na indigenous leader who's been leading the massive mangrove forest res- uh, restoration after typhoon Yolanda then may na-meet din ako na active na barangay kapit uh, barangay captain kapitana siya actually na sumasama talaga dun sa mga anti-illegal fishing campaign meron din yung mga sumusugod talaga sa kabundukan to um, capture yung mga illegal loggers within their community forest na prinatagtahan nila for the past two decades so yun yung mga ano yun yung mga um kumbaga masayang part nung ano nung work and then isa din doon yung being able to have insightful conversations with scientists from the academe uh, from the government and NGO um i'm always fascinated by their work uh, marami akong natututunan from them about the environment na um hindi ko natutunan sa school so sila yung para naging mentor ko doon sa mga stories na yon and they're checking if yung mga articles ba na lumalabas ay kumbaga Tama ba interpretation? Scientifically sound ba siya? Science-based and informed? So, yun. I think Ayun yun siya. nga yung extra challenging sa environmental reporting. Napag-usapan namin to ni Pia nung first ep na mm-hmm. yung having to learn the jargon and mm-hmm. ha- uh, reporting that. Yung gagawin mo siyang ililaymanize mo siya para yeah. kasi syempre di ba hindi mo naman kailangan maintindihan mo muna ito lagi ko sinasabi oh. i think nasabi ko na rin to sa iyo before na <laughs> kailangan ikaw mismo naiintindihan mo yung istorya mo oh gee naiintindihan mo yung kwento mm-hmm. at kung hindi mo naiintindihan malalaman ng mga yeah. nagbabasa kung hindi na hindi at hindi rin nila maiintindihan yung kwento so ano mm-hmm. nga ba meron bang aside from that ano pa ba yung mga challenging na part ng pagiging environmental reporter para sa iyo aside from ano uh, yung mga laymanized laymanizing oh. the the technical terms Mm-mm-mm. um siguro yung isa sa mga challenging part ng work na ito yung um pag-secure ng public data na dapat sana available online pero hindi nila pinopost doon sa mga government websites. So, kailangan mo pang mag-request. Dito sa Pilipinas, kahit may freedom of information and anti-red tape laws tayo, matagal pa rin yung release ng data. At same rin with getting statements from public officials, officials on pressing environmental issues. So, yung mga challenges na yun, nakaka-apekto siya sa timely publication ng articles. Kasi usually, after a month or weeks or three months pa nga bago sila mag-reply sa email, kung hindi mo patatawagan, hindi pa mamadaliin yung data release. Tapos, yun na nga, matagal lang nga, hindi pa tumbok yung responses nila doon sa request mo, kulang-kulang pa. Like, ano bang ginagawa niya sa buhay niyo? <laughs> Ayun. And then, another challenging... <laughs> Another challenging aspect is the ano, criminalization of libel. Um, this is being weaponized by the corporations or even by the government to silence the media. Kaya ako, as much as possible, um, when I make claims in the article, I make sure that it's supported by facts. Solid talaga dapat yung article. And then, when I interview scientists who are issuing strong statements, I ensure that these scientists are really authorities in their fields, meaning they have studied the topic extensively throughout their lifetime, di ba? So that they can make such conclusions. Kung baga, walang question sa kanila kapag sinabi nila na ah, mali yung ginagawa nyo, dapat ganito. Ayun, mm-hmm. and last but not the least, um, working in the country named as the deadliest Asian country for 
land and environmental defenders, including yung environmental right. journalists. I think, ano, G, this is the most challenging and scary part of the job. And because of think I think we have a long way to go to really attain genuine press freedom here in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Uh, balikan ko lang yung sa documents and ano siguro hindi rin kasi na-realize ng mga readers um, environment reporting is very visual but also much of it uh, relies on um, yun nga getting your facts straight and getting mm-hmm. yung talagang marami talaga sa mga stories na to kailangan mo ng paper trail kailangan mo ng documents yeah. to uh, substantiate mm-hmm. your claims kasi nga ang daming madaming nuances ang environmental reporting. Mm-hmm. Kaya marami rin sa mga storya, especially the long-form stories, it really mm-hmm. takes time, no? Alam ko, really? ito si Eve, katrabaho ko to minsan for months <laughs> for a single story. <laughs> ang dami naming back and forth. Isang storya lang, pero ilang buwan bago gawin. Mm-hmm. And that has really been part of the job. Ako din, um, mm-hmm. bilang environment re- reporter before, mahirap talaga yung um isusulat mo lang ng wala kang dokumento, wala kang basis kasi nga talagang ang daming nuances, ang daming marami ring mga kumbaga aspect. Hindi hindi lang siya environment eh, may may business part siya, may governance part siya. Ang dami nang tina-touch environmental reporting. Oo, oh, economics. Yan yung yan yung siguro yung pinaka-challenging na part, yung economic Uh-oh. side na hala bakit lahat na lang ng pati math kailangan nating pag-isipan <laughs> di ba so anong so far ano yung most memorable story na nagawa mo or mm-hmm. na naisulat na mo oh actually and dami sa nakalipas na anim na taon or seven pero i think yung memorable story so far for me yung two-part in-depth stories natin on Pangolin Trafficking in 2019. Yung first part nun brought me to Colyon. It's a remote island town in northern Palawan. And to get there, I traveled around 900 kilometers for 12 plus hours by land, air, and sea. So, ang haba-haba ng biyahe. Kaya memorable for me. Sa Pilipinas Tapos, lang yan, ah. Sa Pilipinas <laughs> lang yan. From southern Palawan, nag-travel ako pa Clark, then Clark to Busuanga Busuang Airport, then Nagsakay ako ng ferry to Colyon. Pagdating sa Colyon, nagsakay na naman ng bangka, dalawang oras, hanggang sa naghabal-habal. Ang haba-haba ng biyay. And then, wala akong <laughs> sa Colyon. So, I went to Facebook to search for online groups for locals. And there, I found a pangolin advocate who eventually served as my guide that time. Um, kaya nga pala, sa Colyon ako napadpad kasi yun yung isa sa mga last strongholds ng Palawan Pangulin. At yung scientific name niya ay Manis Culionensis. Kaya naisipan ko doon gawin yung fieldwork kasi baka doon yung storya na hinahanap ko, sabi ko. So, yun. Ang haba ng biyahe, napunta kami sa dalawang remote barangays na sabing marami pang Pangulin at dinadaya ng mga middlemen na connected sa wildlife syndicates. And then, tinuro kami ng barangay captain sa isang former hunter alam mo yon yung former at uh, dito yung barangay captain sila pa yung nakakaalam mismo kung sino yung mga hunter doon sa lugar nila then yun nga pagpunta namin sa bayan niya sabi niya hindi siya involved so, binalikan namin yung isang kapitan sabi ko bakit siya sabi po nitong tao na to hindi naman daw siya ano kasama doon ganito ganyan and then sabi niya ay hindi kasama siya doon sa ano magandang kolekta siya and then nagtanong-tanong kami sa mga kapitbahay and then ganun din yung sinasabi so binalikan papanglan talaga 
Hindi <laughs> ko naiisip baka may attack shot ng tagain niya or what. <laughs> so sabi sabi nung ano, isa, isa nga siya sa mga veterano. Say, na-realize ko na yung pangulin poaching was an open secret in this remote community. And yet, yung mga village leaders were saying na di nila alam na it's prohibited kasi di naman siya na-feature daw sa local and national media. Ganun siya, underreported that time. At di rin sila naabot ng ano, information campaign ng local environmental authorities kasi ang layo-layong anila from the, from the center, from the city. At yun na nga, on condition of anonymity, nakwento sa amin ng ex-hunter kung paano niya kinokolekta yung pangulin, magkano yung bentahan, at saan dinadala. At um, sabi niya, dating gawain niya yun, pero syempre we don't know kung totoo nga yung siya sabi niya na ginagawa. Hindi niya na ginagawa. Unfortunately, di na namin na-trace yung middleman. Di naman daw kasi nagpakilala ng real name. Then, yun din yung time na sobrang daming nahuli sa Palawan na Pangulin at um, mga traffickers kasama. So, ang sabi namin, baka nasama sa mga nahuli. Kaya hindi na nakabalik doon sa community yung middlemen na yun. At nung nandun ako sa village na yun, nakita ko na very limited talaga yung job opportunities. Fishing and farming lang yung kinabubuhay ng mga tao. Majority, mahirap talaga. Tapos affected pa pag rainy season yung produce nila. Kaya sabi ko, siguro din na may mga ganito na nag engage sa poaching just to survive. Hindi mo rin sila masasisi. At for me, it's the responsibility of the government, especially yung local governments in the area, to ensure that there are alternative um, livelihood sources for these people to um win uh kumbaga to to win them away from poaching diba so yon sa part 2 naman natin nakita ko yung challenges ng local environmental authorities na reliant din sila sa funding from the national government at yun na interview natin for example yung Palawan Council for Sustainable Development unti lang daw yung wildlife law enforcers nila tapos most of them were contractuals pa so walang security of tenure kung trip nila na lumaya sa trabaho Aalis sila. So, magtitrain na naman ang panibagong tao. Walang benefits, walang protection. Pag nabaril sila, deads ka talaga. So, sorely underfunded nga talaga yung agency na ito. Including yung DNR dun sa Palaw- dito sa Palawan. At ang nangyayari, G, alam mo, nakasandig sila sa foreign assistance. That time, ang meron ditong project, yung USA Protect Wildlife. So, doon sila nagre-rely to effectively do the environmental law enforcement work. Which is dapat, hindi kasi... Kumbaga, in the first place, dapat primary primary responsibility to ng government na punduan yung capacity building at modernization ng gantong agency task to um, secure the wildlife in Palawan, especially yung mga critically endangered like yung pangolin. At if you're going to review the annual budget allocation for 2022, siya ko kanina, in the previous mm. years, among the least prioritized talaga yung environmental protection. Sana makita nung newly elected public officials natin that these wildlife have ecological roles na uh, ginagampanan sa ano sa locality at yung healthy environment natin doon nakasalalay yung ating survival as a nation na among the most climate vulnerable countries so sana makita nila yung connection na yun at for next year in the coming year sana uh, mag-improve or tumaas yung budget allocation for the DNR Ayun. Okay, that Dems ends the joke lang. In-end na yung podcast. Okay, that ends the joke lang. Pero tama, itong for okay. our listeners, itong kinikwento ni Keith, the two-part story, um, this is actually part of a regional collaboration that we have with the Environment Rep- Reporting Collective. Tama, diba? Environment Reporting Collective. Mm-hmm. 
this is a collective um, composed of different newsrooms across Asia. Meron pa nga atang Europe eh. And mm-hmm. uh, yung story na yun, tinrack nila yung um, pang- illegal pangolin trade across Asia. Yun nga pa paano nakakara- nakakarating mula Pilipinas to other countries, to China. So, um, itong tinrabaho namin to ni Keith in 2019, di ba? Mm-hmm. Bago yung pandemic. Uh, yeah. at naalala ko nung nung pinagtatrabaho namin to ni Keith parang nung yung kinikwento niya na nag-field work siya parang araw-araw ko ata siyang kinukulit Keith magbigay ka ng <laughs> magbigay ka ng status oh. report kung ano nangyayari doon kasi nga as he said um, talagang liblib yung pinuntahan niya at bago yung mga talagang tiwala lang no? yung mga namit mo yung mga sinamahan mo nung nag-field work ka But that's really just trusting the goodness of people. And yeah, totoo naman, uh, actually. And ganun naman yung storya lagi sa baba. Uh, there are always people who are willing to talk to you no, mm-hmm. about these things. Actually, uh, we are recording this uh, pod ahead of World Oceans Day, which is mm-hmm. June 8. Yan. Pero siguro ilalabas namin itong, hindi ko alam kung kailan namin ito ilalabas, pero sana in time for World Oceans Day, para sakto. And mm-hmm. hindi, in, in, in on ano ba ngayon? June 3. On Sat- Sunday, it's actually World Environment Day. June 5 ba yun? O June 4? Ayan. Pero nagkataon lang yan. So, itong si Keith, uh, kaya, kaya rin to gusto kong kinakausap about the oceans and fisheries. Kasi, yun nga, marami siyang experiences on reporting on fisheries. Kasi nga, gawa ng tagapalawad siya, di ba? Yeah. <laughs> Ang mga gusto talagang itanong kay Keith is ano ano sa tingin mo yung most underreported na issue mm-hmm. when it comes to the oceans or uh, our fisheries. Mm-hmm. Sa Pilipinas G, I think um number one yung deep sea mining. Uh, we haven't covered this yet extensively. There is one in Cagayan and it's said to be the first of its kind in the country. Um, kailangan maintindihan ng local communities how it's going to affect them and their livelihood. Why it's given permits. May permits na siya from the DNR, for, for example. At dapat ma-review yung mitigation plan nun kung compliant ba siya sa international standards. Um, importante na makover ito, especially ng mga Manila-based na reporters kasi ngayon, di ba, nasa world's energy, uh, yung mundo natin, papasok doon sa energy transition. Um, Importante na makover ito, especially ng mga Manila-based reporters. Kasi with the world's energy transition, yung mga mining corporations are trying to keep up to meet the soaring, med- uh, soaring mineral demands. Ayun. Secondly, yung climate change impacts doon sa um, deep sea biodiversity ng ating bansa. At kung papahan ito konektado doon sa well-being ng ating mga um, coastal communities, especially na 60% ng country's population natin dwell in coastal areas. So, importante ito siya. Ito yung mga emerging ano, in, um, ocean stories na kailangan natin i-cover. At lastly doon, yung overfishing in municipal waters and high seas. Uh, we know it's happening, but we, we don't know the specific names of commercial fishing companies, domestic manian or foreign-owned, na sila yung cause ng, ano, ng depletion ng fishery resources natin. At yung underreported na part na dapat ma-pursue dyan, um, yung, yun, yun nga, yun nga, na dapat malaman natin kung sino-sino nga ba itong mga taong ito at um, bakit, ano, kumbaga, bakit hindi sila nahabol ng gobyerno. 
That's why, di ba, yung mga scientists nga natin sa mga advocates are pushing for the strict implementation ng vessel monitoring measure so that we can hold these companies accountable. Kasi um, dito kasi sa VMM, if they have the transponders installed in their vessels, the government can track their movement and the volume of their um, fish catch. Ayan. So, mm-hmm. ayun, I think yung three emerging ocean stories na underreported siya of the moment na kailangan natin sundan as environmental journalists. Right. And actually, na-mention mo yung vessel monitoring measures mm-hmm. at basically, it's just um, a device na nilalagay mm-hmm. sa mga commercial fish fishery commercial fishing vessels sorry commercial mm-hmm. fishing vessels para ma-track yung activity nila at mm-hmm. kasi nga meron tayong mga laws kung saan lang pwedeng mangisda ang commercial fish fishing vessels na bubulol ako at sa at yung mga municipal fisher folk or ito yung mga small fisher folk kasi may mga areas sa ano natin sa oceans natin na para sa kanila dapat Uh-huh. Um, nagkakaroon ng yan yung mga hindi natin masyadong naririnig na story mm-hmm. pero malaki ano yan malaki yung epekto niyan sa ating mga manging isda na mm-hmm. talagang umaasa talaga sa panging isda pa sa kanilang mm-hmm. panghanap hanap buhay uh, speaking of uh, mga manging isda we we also recently worked together with the environment reporting collective again the same regional collective that we work on with Uh, dun sa pangolin story. Um, we worked on Oceans Inc. naman this time, di ba? And mm. uh, can you tell us about how 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 that went? Paano, how is it like working with um, regional newsrooms, mga editors from mm. other countries? Ano yung, um, ano yung siguro experience mo, this is your second time working with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, um... Siguro yung time difference yung isa sa mga challenging part kapag um, you're in a cross-border collaborative uh, reporting projects kasi may mga regular weekly meetings kayo and most of the time nangyayari siya sa gabi dito sa Pilipinas or sa Southeast mm-hmm. Asia. So, kailangan ng adjustments on your part. At um, being part of the ERC gives you a sense of belongingness and community kasi yung challenges na kinakarap pala nila in covering um, shared environmental issues Pareho rin sa kinaharap natin dito sa Pilipinas, kahit pa veterano na sila, pareho lang kayo ng pinagdadaanan. At yun nga, when my Rappler editors were busy editing breaking stories, I turned to ERC editors for story guidance and they were really nice and considerate to me. Kasi I know, alam nila na I'm the youngest and you've been the team, tapos freelancer pa ako. So um, they extended that kind of support to me. Ako naman, um, in return, I assisted other team members in explaining to them the Philippine environment situation so that um, they will understand how they're going to approach the environment stories mentioning the Philippines. So, give and take lang siya. Ayun. Oo. Uh, punta kayo sa rappler.com para hanapin yung story ni Keith on uh, the Oceans in Collaboration. <laughs> it's, ano ko na yung title, but it's about Um, the fisher folk in the West Philippine Sea. And kung paano naapektuhan ng harassment by Chinese um, fishers yung kanilang pamum- pamumuhay at hanap buhay. And naalala ko yung mga, again, yung collaboration na to. Marami ka nga talagang mga pinagdaanan for this collaboration. Ilang, nakaisang taon ba tayo on that? So, Para ano, mo, G, umabot tayo ng year 
Almost a year, oo, tama. Yeah. Alala ko, almost a year nga ta- natin tinrabaho yung story na yan. Eh, pero ang maganda, mm. ang maganda dito, working with them, you also get to see kung ano yung same challenges in other countries. Mm. And nung in-edit ko or binabasa ko yung ibang story, parehong-pareho din, parehong-pareho talaga sa pinagdadaanan natin. Iba lang yung, syempre, local, local context, iba lang mm. yung local... Uh, mga pangalan ng mga officials ng mga departments pero yung experience ng mga fisher folk ng ibang bansa mm-hmm. uh, ganun din yung pinagdadaanan ng uh, mga manging isda natin mm-hmm. ayun pero uh, from from oceans di ba uh, gusto kong pumunta ngayon sa iyo as an environmental reporter siguro ang tanong ng marami pag ba environmental reporter ka di ba syempre i mean given naman na yon pag environmental reporter ka you are an advocate ikaw, Keith, mm. as an environmental reporter, uh, in your personal capa- capacity, paano mo ba ino-observe yung mga, uh, mm. I guess, sa lifestyle mo? How do you make uh, um, environmental conversation a way of life? Uh, bago tayo pumunta doon, G, ay, hindi ko pala nabanggit yung experience mm. ko sa Oceans Incorporated na mas maiklit ako kumpara doon sa kanina. Uh, mm. Yun nga, more than price, cancel yung trip ko to Pag-asa Island kasi walang regular trips doon. At kung meron man, meron man, scheduled trip siya, tapos affected pa ng weather condition. So, tumagal talaga siya ng maraming buwan kasi hinihintay ko yung perfect time to go there na may schedule din. And then, yung last attempt ko, uh, March na yun, um, ito yung kasagsaga na ang daming kaso talaga ng COVID sa Palawan, sa Puerto Princesa. So, may ganong threat din. Tapos, yun na nga, pagdating ko doon ng city, syempre, magpapa magko-COVID test pa bago ka pumunta ng island. Pero before that, in-inform ako ng mayor na kailangan ko mag-courtesy call sa Western Command. And then, syempre, eventually, pumunta nga ako doon to secure that clearance. At nung nalaman nila na I, I'm working for Raptor, in-interrogate ako. Ang daming questions about the story. And then, eventually, they decided na off-limits muna yung island sa media kasi baka ano raw yung may labas natin that could affect our national security. At yun, yun, yun din yung time na ang daming nagko-congregate na um, Chinese Uh, fishing militia doon sa sa West Philippine Sea. So, mainit talaga yung ano, story na to that time. Frustrating siya for me, pero as a journalist, you have to find ways to still pursue the story. So, yun, dahil nag-uusap na nga kami ng fishermen before the failed attempt na pumunta doon, tinurin na lang namin yung uh, conversation over the phone. Pero ang hirap lang ng communication kasi may time na hindi siya accessible. Sa morning lang siya kasi may signal. And then, nagpadala siya ng photos to support the story. So, finally, napublish din yung story. Ayan. Ito na. Oo, that, and that shows na hindi nyo mapipigilan ng mga reporters. Kahit hindi, sila, kahit hindi sila makapunta physically, they will Uh-oh. always find ways to get Uh-oh. the story and to get it published. Mm-hmm. Ayan. O sige, balik ka tayo dun sa, dun sa question ko. Ano, ano, anong mga... Uh, Ako personal. Oo. Sige. Uh-oh. Mga practices ko. Mm-mm. And kanina inisip ko, ano-ano nga ba? So, personally, I'm a minimalist. I only buy what I need. I don't own a lot of clothes. At um, wherever I go, especially pag may mga recreational or reporting trips ako, I go with my reusables. Reusable eco bag for the dirty clothes, saka sa mga pasalubong, ganyan. And then, reusable water bottle, utensils, 
So um, I drive a motorcycle that's fuel efficient. So that way I'm reducing my carbon footprint. Then I stay in eco-friendly accommodations. I eat local organic food with locally sourced ingredients. Saka yung nasa season. And then as much as possible, I skip brands that are polluting the ocean or involved in deforestation here or in other countries. At um, lastly, yung mga people's organizations na na-interview for the story, I connect them doon sa mga potential funders that could help them scale up their environmental conservation efforts. And then at the same time, I also help them promote their sustainable community products. So naisip ko, ito yung mga simpleng bagay na ambag ko para maka kahit papano matulungan ko na mapangalagaan yung ano, kalikasan natin, especially dito sa Palawan. Ayan, Ayun. so alam na ng mga nakikinig sa atin kung ano yung mga <laughs> pwede nyo i-observe uh, in your Oo. own capacity para maging, di ba, lalo na siguro mas merong pressure for environmental mm-hmm. reporters na maging environmental advocates at uh, mm-hmm. kumbaga walk the talk. Kasi kami mm-hmm. nga yung uh, talagang nagdo-document ng mga environmental destruction mm-hmm. eh. So parang ang it, it ironic naman kung kami mismo hindi namin ginagawa yung mga bagay para i-preserve yung environmental yung environment natin, environment and biodiversity ng ating bansa. And hindi siya madali ah, hindi namin sinasabi, 'di ba, na na we're perfect, mm-hmm. na hindi na kami gumagamit ng plastics or whatever. Pero it's there, there's always this consciousness. Uh there there's always this conscious effort to Uh, be environmentally um, responsible because we see it firsthand. Uh, we see what's happening on the ground. Lala, siguro si Keith, di ba? Talagang nakikita niya talaga mm-hmm. on the ground kung ano yung epekto ng um, irresponsible lifestyle or yung Uh-oh. hindi pagiging environmentally uh, responsible in, as our way of life. Siguro my last question is uh, after how mm-hmm. many years of reporting on our oceans, di ba? And In, on fisheries and the environment in general. Uh, what have you learned so far as a reporter? Ako, um, never underestimate the power of environmental journalism to pressure the government to review its decisions, especially dun sa mga potentially destructive uh, projects. Um, dito sa Palawan, marami na rin tayong mga environmental issues na nasundan and I believe our reporting helped communities amplify their voices, uh, natulungan natin sila na magkaroon ng informed um, decision and then they uh, band together to stop um, potentially destructive uh, projects. For example, yung Nickelodeon theme park na nakover natin sa Koro noong 2017. Mm. Same din din sa Oh, hindi natuloy. Same din sa proposed Coron Culion Bridge Project under Build, Build, Build. Last year naman ito. So, na-stop din yun. Then, yung waste of energy sa Puerto Princesa, kasama rin na na-stop yun, na-report din natin yun sa Raptor. And then, yung isa pa doon, yung super highway project na dadaan doon sa isang old growth forest. So, na-stop din yun because of, um, yun, helping communities amplify their voices. And then, isa rin siguro yung pagkaka-restore ng water quality sa El Nido na katulad ng Buracay, Montican din uh, mapasara. So, yun yung mga istorya na nasundan natin. At uh, malaki yung role ng environmental journalism para um, maging informed yung community at syempre yung government din. At eventually, yun nga, yung decision-making nila, lagit-lagi na iniisip nila, kinukonsidera kung ano ba yung kahit na kainat nan nung komunidad sa inarap at nung kalikasan. 
Ayan. Oo, lalo na sa environmental reporting, um, malaki oh. yung bahagi ng mga communities. At ito minsan mm. yung mga boses na hindi naririnig. And that is oh. the gap that we try to fill as reporters mm-hmm. na kailangang marinig itong mga sentiments on the ground at hindi lang natin i, uh, kumbaga, ipagpalit ang preservation and conservation of our environment for the sake of development, di ba? Mm-hmm. Or uh, business interests. Mm-hmm. Kailangan talaga um, ma- marinig yung mga tao na, at, at, at as you said, uh, hindi naman in vain eh. Laging merong nangyayari. Nakikinig naman ang mga dapat makinig mm-hmm. as long as we oh. give, as long as we, you know, fill that gap and really report on the issues that are mostly uh, underreported or hindi napapansin or hindi sila yung bida sa news cycle. And uh, that is the that is our role as environment journalists na hindi natin hindi tayo tayo mismo hindi tayo ma maging jaded dito sa mga issues na to kahit na tuloy-tuloy pa minsan kahit na nai-report mo na ilang years nang nangyayari parang walang nangyayari but the work continues no at alam ko Casey ko talaga alam na alam mo yan kitang-kita mo on the ground na uh, siguro mas frustrated ka pa than uh, others kasi mas nakikita mo kung ano yung kung may nangyayari ba o hindi. Mm-hmm. But we continue on uh, for mother nature and for the environment. Wow. <laughs> Sige. Thank you, Keith, for joining me today. Salamat sa pagbibigay ng oras para sa ating... Um, nag-enjoy ako na makakwentuhan ka, mm-hmm. marinig yung mga story mo na hindi minsan nakakaabot sa akin. Minsan na- naririnig ko naman yan, nakikwento mo naman sa akin. Pero... Uh, it's really interesting to know na may mga ganyang storya na mm-hmm. na, 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 na kumbaga, maganda rin pakinggan eh kung paano mm-hmm. nagagawa o nabubuo yung mga storya na lumalabas sa Rappler and in other websites din. All right, Thank you, Keith. And tuloy-tuloy lang. Uh, I'm sure konting pahinga lang na trabaho na ulit. And yeah, for yeah. our listeners, if you have questions and suggestions, you can uh, reach me on Twitter and Instagram at, at gheronimo. And um, we'll continue to report on the environment. And that's it for today. Bye! <laughs>